I'll be ministering out of the book of Acts, the first chapter. The book of Acts, the first chapter. Let's just open with prayer. Father, we come in your presence by the blood of Jesus. And Lord, you told me if I commit the work to you that you would establish my thoughts. So I commit this work to you, Lord, ministering your word. It's the call of my life from you. So I ask as I preach that you would establish my thoughts, that I would have the mind of Christ for the people, that they would hear from you and just not a man. They would know what you're saying to them in this hour. So I thank you for how you're going to minister by the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Verse 1, the former treaties I have made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father had put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Many years ago, I think it was back in the early 80s, Wendy's had an advertisement on television, and it was more of a spoof towards McDonald's and uh, what's the other one? The Whopper, Burger King. It showed three elderly women coming up to the... <laughs> yes, the, showing our age. <laughs> three elderly women coming up to the counter. Wendy's, Wendy's that's right, Wendy's. And behind them is a big sign, and it says, the home of the big bun. Said, you have the home of the big whopper. You have the home of the big Mac. But they had the home of the big bun. And they're all standing at the counter, and there's this bun. that It looks like it's over four inches high and maybe about six inches around. And they're looking at it, and it's talking about it. That's a big bun. And then they lift up the top part of the bun, and underneath is this little patty with a pickle on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this old lady says, hey, where's the beef? <laughs> she says, I don't think there's anybody back there. She was complaining. She says, you're advertising a big bun, but you don't put any meat on it. And I preached on something similar to this when I was back in Pennsylvania, right after that came out. And the whole emphasis was the church is advertising a lot, but the people aren't seeing very much. 
We advertise on signs, revival meetings. All this week, revival meetings. And everybody goes home to where they are. Signs and wonder meetings, miracles. People go home the way they are. Healing service. People go home the way they are. And I could hear him saying, hey, church, where's the beef? Come on, I, I'm only saying this to get us thinking here. The Lord doesn't want us functioning just on programs and good messages. I have a relative. You'll ask me, how's the church? How many people? Blah, 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 blah. They're into people. How many people go to church? You know, oh, we have like 450 going to church. Where he goes to church. And the church I come from is now way, way down. And his thought is because they don't have many people that it's not a good church. That's his thought, because you don't have a lot of people. So I said, what, what brought you to that church? He said, well, you know, the guy preaches a good word. And I said, how much of the Holy Spirit is manifested there? I, he, he, he had a bad experience, and they don't, they don't move with the Holy Spirit anymore. But that's a good church. That's a better church than the small church with a few people, and they have the Holy Ghost moving there. But see, they go by numbers and programs and entertainment. That's a good church because it draws the people. But do people really want that when you come in, you have a terminal disease? Do you want entertained? No. Do you want to just hear a message, or do you want to see the results of what is preached? Come on, now help me preach this. I believe I'm, I'm preaching by the Holy Ghost now. The Lord wants to do something in the church. Not just the Word, which is good, but it's always the Word and the Spirit. You have to have them both to have a church the way the Lord wants it to be. The Word and the Spirit. Not just a big bun. All right, let me get over where I belong. This was after Jesus was raised from the dead, and he was visiting with his disciples for 40 days. What was he teaching them? He was teaching them about the kingdom, how I would have loved to have been there for 40 days to hear him teach on the kingdom of God. And it said that Jesus, in verse 3, he said he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. He showed himself alive. He proved that he was raised from the dead. He was no longer dead, but he was now alive. He raised up by the power of Almighty God. And he had to go about showing everybody that he was alive. There was many of the disciples he showed himself alive to, and then at one time there was even 500. He showed himself alive to prove. Infallible proofs, undeniable, unquestionable proof that he was alive. He said, you'd only have me in the grave three days, and I would rise up from the grave. And he did. 
And now he had to prove it because now there's words going around on Resurrection Day by the guards that Jesus didn't rise from the dead, but his disciples came in the night while we were sleeping. And they came and stole his body. Do you remember that? Yes. And so they, they went to the, to the rulers and the priests and the Sadducees and all of these. And they came up with a scheme. You go ahead and go along with this. You fell asleep and they stole the body. And we'll take care of the governor. We'll, we'll convince him that uh, it's okay because they could have lost their lives. I call this a collusion. Have you heard that word lately? A collusion between the Sadducees and the rulers and Rome. It's almost like the president in Russia. But we have it all the way back here after the Lord is raised from the dead. And before I get to that, as I was awakening from a, a dream, oh, about two, three weeks ago, a lot of times I'll just get a word. It'll just pass by a word. And it's usually a word I never heard before, and this time it was spurious. And I said, there's one. I never heard that one, spurious. So I had to go to my favorite place, Google. I didn't even know how to spell it. I had to give several spellings to get spurious. But then I finally found spurious, and it's something that's not what it purports to be. And then it had two things down there. It said, false, fake. And I said, how nice. Fake news. CNN was there at the gravesite. <laughs> getting up the collusion between the Sadducees and that bunch and Rome. It, it, it's all the way back there. CNN was there. All the news agencies was there with a false report. Now, the Lord Jesus had to refute their false report, just like the president is trying to do today. But the Lord succeeded with many infallible proofs and convincing demonstrations infallible proofs convincing demonstrations that they would be witnessed by the people now if you remember what we read here why did jesus send the holy spirit to the church he gave them power to be witnesses right we forget sometimes about that fact to be witnesses. We focus on the power, but we don't focus on the witnesses. The power is to be a witness. And a lot of times we just put that in the place of leading somebody to Christ. That's just the beginning. To be a witness, even in a court, is to present evidence. Evidence to establish the truth of what's on trial. So why are we here? Why did the Lord give us power? 
We are here to establish proof that Jesus is alive and still doing things today that he did when he was on the earth. But now he's doing it through the church. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He is in us wanting to work through us the same way he did when he was on the earth. So what's happening, church? Come on now. We go, we sang it tonight. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And somebody say, prove it. Prove it. I'm sick. I'm dying from cancer. Prove it. You better go see a good doctor. I'll, I'll let me right now. Help me, church. I know truth sometimes is hard to to swallow, but it's still the truth. We're to witness that Jesus is alive. And we must prove it to the people around us. Can I get one amen? amen. Just one, that's all right. He preached, well, first Jesus taught him about the kingdom. And then he told him, preach the kingdom. What's the kingdom? Kingdom involves a king, does it not? A king has authority. A king has power. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Ecclesiastes 8.4. A king back in those days had the power of life and death just by a little nod of the head. That's the kind of power they carry. But Jesus' power is over all the power of the enemy. There's no higher power than the power of the Lord Jesus. And he said in Matthew 12, 28, if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. So when we do what Jesus tells us to do, we are presenting the kingdom to those we are ministering to. They're getting a taste of the kingdom. The king is with us, and his authority and his power is with us. And we are to function in that. He said, Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and they will in no wise harm you or anybody else with you. Is that the word of God? We have then that kind of power. Yes. We have that authority in his name. If you go all through the book of Acts, when they did something, it's in his name. What do they say in there? It's in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that authority he has given to me, I'm acting in his authority. Right, right. And in his name, I cast that devil out. Yeah. Well, I don't know if anybody's here ever cast out a devil, I don't know. I've been in the business for some time. I've cast out a lot of devils. Even people, they say, don't, don't have devils. They'll tell you today, Christian, you can't have a devil. That's all I heard when I was coming to the things of God. I said, man, I'm seeing a lot of devils. And there are Christians I'm ministering to. I said, I'm seeing a lot of devils, manifestations of devils. I said, what is this? No, they can't come in and occupy your spirit. They can't do that. So I took it to the Lord, and I'm saying, Lord, what is this? All I hear is this one says, you can't have a devil. 
This one says you can't have a devil. This one says I don't know. I said, what, what, what's the truth around here? Can a Christian have a devil? You know what I heard in my spirit? A Christian can have anything they want. You want to play with the devil? He'll come in and occupy that area you want to play with. You want to play with drugs? What drives you? You get hooked on drugs? Is it just a drug or is there a demon behind that? Come on, help me preach now. You become an alcoholic? Come on. You want that bad enough? You're going to take the devil that goes with it. You want to get on pornography? There's a devil that goes with it. You know, it depends on what you want. You can have anything you want. You want to go on the internet and play with that? Go ahead. But sooner or later, you'll be coming to me and wanting me to cast out a devil. I think I got somebody in shock here. I don't know. I don't know. Even when, <laughs> right after Jesus raised from the dead, spoke to him for 40 days about the kingdom, immediately after that, 3,000 got saved. Then after that, 5,000 got saved. And then it takes us to Peter going into the temple. Acts 3. Him and John, I believe it was, are going into the temple. Lame man over here, outside the temple, looking for alms. He's asking alms from Peter and John. and Peter says, look on me. Look on us. And he looked up expecting to get something from them. But he was expecting to get money from them. Did Peter pray for him? No. Peter didn't pray for him. No. He says, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I'm giving it to you. What did he have? He had what Jesus gave him back there power and authority. He says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. There was no 10-minute prayer. I mean, sometimes we pray for people, I, I get exhausted listening to prayers. God isn't moved by long prayers. It doesn't move him. What moves him is faith. When you pray, when you exercise faith now, you're moving it. I, I am even going back there now. I, you remember the centurion? He wasn't even a Jew. He was the enemy. But Jesus said he had great faith, faith greater than anybody in Israel. Now, how about that now? That's like somebody coming here soon. That hobo down the road down there. He's got more faith than you guys. But that's what he said. He had more faith. That enemy has more faith than anybody in Israel. What did, what did Jesus base that on? You remember? The authority that was there. He says, you don't even have to come to my house. The one that was being prayed for was way out there. He said, I'm, I'm not worried to even have you under my house, under my roof. Just 
speak the word only. He recognized authority. We have authority. We have the greatest authority in all the earth. You and I, we have that kind of authority to speak the word only and things will happen. Go all the way back to creation. The first few verses there. The earth was without form and void. And darkness covered the deep. And the Holy Spirit hovered over that area. Just hovering. Just hovering. Ain't doing anything. Just hovering. What was he waiting for? He's just hovering over the deep, the darkness. It's void. Nothing there. He's just hovering. He was waiting for somebody to speak a word of faith. Let there be light. Boom. The Holy Spirit manifests the light. What's he waiting for when we pray? Speak the word in faith and things will happen. We got to have faith. When we speak, have faith. I like to pray this way. and I like short prayers. I like real short prayers. I pray for somebody I want to speak the word over them. You're sick. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are healed. Why do you need all this other fluff? He said, speak the word only. Right? We don't have to have fluff. You don't have to have the big bun. I have to add humor because you're not looking too good. <laughs> speak the word only speak it in faith. The prayer of faith will save the sick. Is that the word? Yes. But it's the prayer of faith, not fluff. Boy, Frank, I don't know how you got there. But we, even back then in Acts 3, even the people that seen the lame man that didn't want to, didn't even want to agree with it. Oh, let me see if I can find it. Acts Four verse thirty-three. Four verse thirty-three. Where are you? And with great power. No, that's not the one. Hold on. Sixteen. Yes. Saying, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. We cannot deny what I say proof was. I mean, uh, infallible proof. It was undeniable evidence, convincing evidence. Nothing, that, nothing can refute it. It's there. They, they couldn't refute this thing. But they wanted them to shut up because they didn't want anybody else to realize that Jesus was alive. And that he was still in his own authority through the church, was still ministering to the people like he did when he was walking the earth. That's supposed to be happening right now. And it's not just supposed to be here in the church. I'd love it to be here in the church at all times. But I think we got things mixed up. We want, we want the people to come into church to get saved. 
but that's just a minute. How many we come in here and get saved? And I'm thankful for everyone that gets saved. I haven't seen it like this in years. I'm thankful for every one of them. But these people, some of them are coming in here. They've never been in a church before. So how many are out there that have never been in a church before? And they are just in as much need as the people that came in here. They need to hear the word and get saved just as much as those that came in here. So there's how many out there? But there's how many in here that can touch how many out there? The lame man was outside the church. They ministered to the lame man. He jumped up on his feet. Where'd he go? He went into the church. We got it the other way around. We want him to come into the church and go out. No, we got to get him out there and bring him in. It's going to take all of us working together to prove that Jesus is alive. I'm running out of time. I don't have a lot. How many of you know when the end of the age will be? Does anybody know when the end of the age will be? You a scholar? No. I know when the end of the age will be. Jesus told me when the end of the age would be. Matthew 24. They asked what will be the sign of your coming? Do you remember all that? That's a great chapter, Matthew 24, about the end times. When will the end be? Verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world to be a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Now you know when the end's coming. When we get out of the church, preach the gospel to the kingdom, and reveal to them that the king is still alive. And he dwells right here in me, and he's ready to show himself alive to the people. There are people today, Christians, that are going into malls. They pick a day, and they're going into malls and looking for people to pray for. And people are getting healed, delivered. They're going. They're seeing miracles out there because they're taking the word of God just the way it says. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Let me see if I can find a... Yeah, in Matthew 10 it says, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. While I'm preaching, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How can the kingdom of heaven be in hand? Jesus is in me. The king of the kingdom is in me with all authority and power of the kingdom. So the kingdom is at hand. When you go out there, the kingdom is at hand. Then he says this. You tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now prove it. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Is this the word of God? I know it blows my mind. I'm hoping it's blowing yours. But this is what he expects of us. Preach, heal, deliver, even if, if he gives you the nudge to raise the dead, to raise the dead. There's people out there that are going out and raising the dead. But a lot of it's outside of this country. Since it's getting late, I better move right on because I want to get somewhere here.
All it takes is one miracle and you can change a whole city. One notable miracle and the whole city is changed. Back in 1993, we went to Israel. I went with a group of people. My wife was with us, a lot from our church. And they called us to go up. They call it a mountain, I call it a hill. It was a village called Elaboon. I think that's what it was, Elaboon. And I mean, it's, it's from the old times. I mean, just a, a one-room block. I call it a hut, most in great need. One room. A fairly large family, I don't remember how many, fairly large. You walk into the house, all along the walls was their mats. They slept on mats, so they pushed them all up against the wall. So there were several in the family. So then the center of it is where they ate and whatever else they did. Well, we was invited to go up there because there was a young man, in his, I believe probably in his late teens, I'm guessing, and he had some kind of illness wasn't expected to live and he was laying on his mat and we went in as a group and several of the leaders went up and were laying hands on him and praying and the rest were praying in the Holy Ghost because in times like that you don't want to go against what the other ones pray you want to pray in the Holy Spirit so they said everybody praying the Holy Spirit while they was ministering to this young fellow and then it's the prayer started to die down from the rest of the group. And one of the leaders says, don't stop praying, keep praying. So it started back up. And next thing you know, the kid starts to move. Pray some more and he moves a little bit more. The more we prayed, he kept moving around. Next thing you know, he gets up on a little bit on his knees. A little bit more, and then he gets up. Now he's on his feet, wobbling. Keep praying. Next thing you know, he's walking around. Within five minutes, he's outside, fellowshipping with the family, sat down, had something to eat, rejoicing with everybody around there, just because we dared to believe God and go in and pray for him. It didn't end there. It shouldn't have ended there because the next day, somebody brought me the paper. It's in, it was in Arabic. I, but I still have the paper. And it says what happened was the news went down off the mountain, down into the villages, because they all knew this young fellow up there. They all knew him in his condition. And the news spread all down there, and they started climbing up the mountain. They wanted to see for themselves. So the news people, they recorded that, and they went to the doctor that was ministering to him all that time, and he verified all that took place that 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 young fellow was in a terminal condition and that he was now healed and it was in that paper so that's what god does and since we have a little bit more time nancy come on up nancy went to uh china some of you may have heard it before but i'm trying to make a point here that this is all for us now it's not for those big preachers out there all right 
You know, Paul went and he won Asia. One man, he went out and won all of Asia. He didn't have a jet airplane. He didn't have a Mercedes Benz. He didn't have a Rolex watch. He didn't have $1,000 suits. He may have had a donkey or a horse. Went on a boat and his two, two legs. And he took, excuse me, all of Asia. We have all these big time preachers with jets and everything else. It, oh, I better stop. You go ahead and tell them I'll sit down. <clears throat> well, very basically, and a lot of my ladies from Bible study and ladies who've known me for a long time have heard this before. But back in 1976, uh, I went with Nora Lamb to Taiwan. And in that time period, we saw the most unbelievable, miraculous things that we have ever seen. I, I was blown away. Uh, uh, we went into a great big um, sports arenas. And, of course, you have to understand there that everything was no cleanliness, smell, oh, my. Uh, but God had us there at that time. And the very first time we were in this big building, this uh, little uh, lady uh, came and grabbed me by the hand and started dragging me, and I had no idea where she was taking me. And we were all supposed to have interpreters. Well, I don't know where my interpreter was, but I was going where this lady was taking me. And we got to the edge of the stadium uh, where Nora was up here and we were down here and we were to pray with the people. And she took me to this little boy and he was sitting on a wooden box. Now this little boy could not speak or hear. And she says, pray. I said, help. I said, God, I don't know what to do. And he said, I, I, then I said, Lord, they can't understand me. I don't understand them, but you know. And all of a sudden came into my mind when I had watched TV and I had seen uh, Lester Summerall, I believe. And he had told about how he prayed for the deaf and dumb. And he put his fingers in his ears and I thought what do I got to lose so I put my fingers in this little boy's ears and I said in the name of Jesus I command the deaf spirit to loose off of him now and I heard an audible pop and I knew that I knew that he could hear I said Lord Jesus loose his tongue and he was trying, she's yelling, Jesus, Jesus. And the poor kid had never heard before. He didn't know how to pronounce, but he was going, ayo, ayo. But God opened his ears. And, and I had the privilege of standing in faith, believing for a miracle. And I saw it. Now, that was just one. I saw so many, but I will just give one more, Frankie. Pastor Frank. The thing that I saw that blew my socks off the next day was the men, the pastors, there was a, uh, see, 118 of us, I think. I can't remember how many, but quite a few of us. And there, there were 
a lot of pastors, and for some reason, they sent me with the pastors. I wasn't a pastor's wife at that time, but God knew I would be. So I'm going everywhere here, and all of a sudden, they're praying for this man. And uh, this man was not supposed to be where he was. He had leprosy, and he had a terrible-looking cloth over his whole side. And as they begin to pray for him in the name of Jesus, they started, they were praying in the spirit and I'm watching. Now I was praying, honest I was, but I wanted to see. And so I watched and the, the, they took the cloth off and I can't even describe what I saw. Grotesque. Uh, I, I can't even describe it. But anyway, as they were praying for him, I told him, open their eyes, open your eyes, keep praying, but open your eyes. And all this dropped off. I mean, it just kept dropping off like, like peeling off. I mean, nobody was peeling it. It was peeling itself. And then all of a sudden, as you're watching, I saw with my own eyes, I saw muscle and tissue and everything form and grow right before my eyes. He was totally healed within five minutes from beginning to end. Uh, totally whole. Only God. Only God. Now I saw a lot more and I, I don't have the time to tell. And a lot of the ladies have already heard a lot of it. But the thing that I want you to know is that when I got home, I said, God, what is going on? Why can't we see that here? And he said, they don't believe. Just as simple as that. Now, that was that back in 1976. A lot of people wonder why I have the faith that I have. And I do have faith. I saw, and it moved me to a place of total belief that I don't care what I see. I trust God. And he is able. It takes faith to believe. When you pray, believe you will receive and you shall have it. Amen. Amen. Just remember that the Lord said, as the Father had sent me, so I'm sending you. And the works that I do, you shall do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Say, Lord, we got a lot of catching up to do. A lot of catching up to do. But you spoke it. It shall come to pass. There will be a people who will believe this word and start acting like they are one of the king's children acting on his behalf and in his authority. That the, that the church will find out that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's a scripture in Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. He anointed him. And he went about doing good. Healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. For this purpose was the son of God manifest. That he would destroy the works of the evil one. Why are we here? To destroy the works of the evil one. Amen. 
sickness, disease, all this other stuff, the yokes of drugs and all these other things was brought in when the first Adam fell in rebellion and all of this stuff just comes sweeping into the earth. It's all here because of rebellion and the devil. We're here to deal with it, to make a show of him openly just like Jesus did. That at the name of Jesus, he must go. Amen. You know, in the schools they have show and tell. But God's kingdom has tell and show. He says, you go preach the word, and I'm going to work with you. Confirming the word that you preach with signs following. Now, there should be signs following what I just preached. So I'm going to ask, is there anybody here? I'm not going to make it all general. You have a disease in your body, a disease in your body that needs to be healed. Anybody here? You have a disease in your body. You want to come up? Nance, come up. This is your this is your time to dare to believe. It's yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is our time to believe and glorify the Lord. That's what this is all about. All about to glorify the Lord. He wants to be glorified here tonight. All right. It's not me. It's not Nancy. It's all of us believing that Jesus meant what he said. All right. What's the name of the disease? Diabetes. Okay, that's just the name. So, Lord, I want you to be glorified here tonight. I'm not doing this in, in my own, but I'm doing it as you've directed us according to the word of God. You said we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's your word. We're laying hands on her. And now in the authority of your word, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus Christ, she is healed. I command this thing called diabetes to come out of her body. You wither up and die. I curse you to your roots. You leave her now in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. Now that may the testimony come back of what you did here tonight, that you be glorified, Lord. We don't want anything. We're just acting on your behalf. So I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now you believe God. You believe God. You bring your report back here now. You bring the report back. Amen. Amen. Are you sick in your body? Anybody sick in your body? Just stay right where you are. Just raise your hand. You're sick in your body. You're sick in your body. Okay. Somebody will just lay your hand on her. If you've got faith to believe that the Lord's going to heal her, just go ahead and lay your hand. The rest of you pray in the Holy Ghost like we did up in Israel. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Lord, your word says, that by the stripes of the Lord Jesus Christ, our sister is healed. So we release now the anointing into her life that will bring her health and wholeness according to your word. And we give you thanks, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. See, it don't take a long prayer. I don't have to pray for 10 minutes. Well, you speak the word and believe God will do what he said he would do. Amen. Amen. Go ahead.